0: You do deserve all the glory, and that's like a refreshing thing to our souls that we don't have to give glory to things that aren't worthy of that glory. You are worthy of that glory, and so we give it to you here tonight, and I pray that you will just speak to our hearts tonight. I pray for the kids that you will just help them to know you on a deeper level Help them to know your love and your kindness and your goodness and your power and your authority tonight. I pray that you'll speak to us in here. Holy Spirit, saturate this environment. Help us to be a group of believers that just truly do believe that we have a childlike faith to say, God, we know what you can do. We've seen what you have done, and we know that you have plans ahead, and we trust you, and we just believe. Father, that's our prayer this evening. We love you a whole lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, y'all have a great time tonight. Have fun. We'll see you in a bit. And as they're going down, um, we have the honor to hear from Dan Eldridge tonight, who's making his way over here. I would love to Pray once again, just for him, to God, for God to speak through him tonight, Father. Um, I pray that uh, that you'll just take the words out of Dan's mouth before he can say them. I pray uh, that you will get glory here tonight. I pray that you'll give him a confidence and a boldness in you to just speak your word freely, and I pray that that word will land on our hearts tonight, and take root in our lives as we go. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dan, thanks. It's all yours. Thanks, Dallas. Hey, good evening. evening. All right, so you got
1: me tonight. And I probably know just about everybody, but for those of you who I don't, I'm Dan. Dan. (laughs) I didn't know if I needed to add anything to that or not, but I... I'm just Dan. People call me Dan. Um, I, uh, I love getting to do this. But I only like doing it when I feel like the Lord has given me something to say. And, you know, a couple of months ago, The Lord gave me something to say. Um, And wow, I hope it's as much for you guys as it was for me. Um, I really do. Because it's, it has, uh, it's made a difference for me. It really has. Um, But I want to go back a ways. I want to go back a little over 20 years. And, uh, and start there um, a, little, uh, a little over 20 years ago Tammy and I had uh, experienced a, a surprising amount of success in business so much so that I made the decision to retire at 41 years old and uh, so I did it became a gentleman farmer and I was right where I wanted to be I thought it's what I had planned anyway on where I wanted to be my perspective was that I had worked hard I had taken risk I had taken a lot of risk I took a lot of risk with the bank's money and they didn't like that but i had worked hard i had taken a lot of risk i had sacrificed Um, we had three young children at the time and um, i thought this was my reward Uh, i really did i thought man you survived the telecom industry for almost 20 years and we're somewhat successful at it you deserve a reward I thought what we had and when I say we I'm talking about Tammy and I I thought what we had was earned I thought it was for us Um, for our family to enjoy I, I really hadn't thought about sharing it looking back clearly I was not where the Lord intended me to be even though I was teaching Sunday school I was on I was an active deacon I was not where the Lord intended me to be uh And I gotta tell you, he used the next 10 years to convince me that I was not where he intended me to be. He used um, a little event called the dot com bust of 2001 to show me. Then he used another little event called the um, subprime mortgage crash of 2008 demonstrate I was not where I was intended to be um, he did all that I think to probably inject a, a measure of humility into my life uh, by showing me that uh, the success I had experienced wasn't all my doing and it certainly wasn't the reward He had intended. Over time, I did come to realize that the success I thought resulted from my efforts, it had to be acknowledged that it was God. I had to acknowledge that it was God. Um, It was his blessings on my life. But the question was, what in the world had I done to deserve it? Nevertheless, um, acknowledging God's blessings in my life brought about an amazing peace. Uh, uh, Really, at that point, it was a peace that I had never experienced. It, It was like the pressure to perform had been lifted off my shoulders, Uh, like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders, a burden. This was about 12 years ago. Have Have you ever felt that the Lord reveals himself to you in little bits and pieces? that's how I would felt through the first years of this process um, I felt that it was just incremental I needed more but it it just came in bits and pieces uh, and then about nine years ago the Lord started revealing something new to me um, these blessings that I'm talking about, that, that Tammy and I enjoyed, that, that our family enjoyed. About nine years ago, Tammy and I both just began to realize at the same time that these blessings weren't just for our family. They were intended to be shared. You've heard the term blessed for a purpose. Well, that's how how we came to understand what God was doing in our lives. And that's why when Travis Googe came to us six years ago and said that he had been called to start a church. And he wanted to start it. Um, That's why Tammy and I immediately realized that it was part of God's purpose for the things that we had been blessed with. It was so clear. Wow. I can tell you, I still remember as he was speaking the words, Tammy and I were smiling at each other because we knew what God was doing and it was good but um, along this journey that I've been on for the, the past 20 plus years there's been this one biblical truth that I've struggled with uh, as a matter of fact it's um, it's been a biblical truth that I have stubbed my toe on more than once Um, I've stumbled over it that truth being that it all belongs to God what's that mean anyway it all belongs to God Uh, I mean I just I've been in church since I was probably two weeks old, maybe a month old. My mom wouldn't have taken me probably my first month because she was afraid that I might get a germ on me. But I've always been in church, and, and I know Scripture. And I know Scripture says it all belongs to God but I couldn't come to terms with what that meant in my life. Probably because I didn't want to acknowledge what that meant. (sighs) To me, it all belongs to God was easy to say, but hard to live you know the question of are are the blessings from God like this farm not really mine you know is this place not what I worked for Is it possible that the Lord chose me and assigned me the responsibility of this place? Just a lot of questions that, um, that I had and, and as many times as I have heard Take this literally. That that one little it all belongs to God tripped me up. You've heard the term, I don't understand all I know about that. You ever heard anybody say that? That's a that's a East Tennesseeism, I think. I just don't understand all I all I know about that. That's how I was with this. Um, I believe scripture, but for years I just didn't understand how it applied in my life. And then, and then, a couple of months ago, I'm sitting on the couch in the bedroom, reading, and I'm I'm reading Matthew twenty five. Uh, the parable of the talents, and it was as if the Lord just <laughs> just spoke so plainly through those words. I um, my eyes were opened. I wasn't seeking a better understanding. I, I hadn't prayed, Lord, help me understand about you owning everything. But I had clearly struggled with it for a long, long time. And I sat there on the couch reading Matthew chapter 25, and Tammy was in the bathroom. And I remember telling her, I've, I've got to show you this. I want you to see this. I want you to see what I'm reading. She looked at it and she said, oh, yeah, parable of the talents. Huh. (laughs) Don't you see what I see? And I, I, I ran and got a piece of paper. And I started writing. I wish I'd brought it with me. Um I started writing. I wrote down the things that I was reading that I that I observed in the word and I and, and questions and thoughts and I really began to see clearly that it's not a question of whether God owns everything. Of course He does. Of course he does. There is no question about it. God is the master in the parable. It all belongs to him. The question is, who am I? Am I the faithful servant or am I the unfaithful servant? And i got to tell you, folks, that wrecked me. So tonight, I want us to look at the parable of the talents. And and as we go through this, um, I want you to ask yourself, which servant am I? Look at Matthew 25. Uh, 14 through 22. The guys are going to put it on the screen. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money after a long time their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said master you can give me five you gave me five bags of silver to invest and i have earned five more the master was full of praise You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's, let's start by, uh, by calling this parable something different. I don't know why it's called the parable of the talents now. I never questioned that until two months ago. I think it's the parable of the servants um, because it's not about money. This parable is not about money, it's about servants fulfilling their responsibilities. The people in this parable are called servants and they have a master, which is a direct correlation between believers and the Lord. And I, wanna, I want you to, to keep that in mind and then let me ask you a few questions just to highlight some of the, the key points in this parable. First of all, how did the master allocate the talents to his servants? Says, it says this very specifically that he, he allocated it based on their ability so the master knew his servants he knew what they were capable of and he gave them responsibilities commensurate with their abilities. all right again a direct correlation to the opportunities the Lord gives us they are never beyond the enabling that he's already provided that is a truth did the master give specific directions about what to do with the talents each servant was given responsibility for? Did he tell them I want you to go out and invest in this, 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 and this? He didn't even say invest. All he said was, you are responsible for five talents, you are responsible for two, you are responsible for one. He didn't tell them. But as the master's servants, they knew what their responsibility was, didn't they? They knew. He didn't have to tell them what their responsibility was. And they had specific experience and ability. He knew that because he allocated the the responsibilities according to their abilities. Uh, I've got a friend that, uh, this has been several years ago, she said something, and and it just sounded funny when she said it. She said, you know, I am going to just sit here until the Lord tells me exactly what he wants me to do. I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to do anything else until the Lord tells me exactly what he wants me to do. Well, she was serious. And I guess she sat there for six months. And I don't know if she gave up on the Lord or what happened. But she never got An answer from the Lord of, specifically, this is what I want you to do. I'm not real sure why she even expected it. That's really not how the Lord typically works, is it? Did the servants know when the master would return? They didn't, did they? They didn't know. So, how did them not knowing when the master was going to return affect their work? Didn't they have to work diligently from the time he left until the time he returned? Because they didn't know when he was going to be back. Do we know when the Lord's going to return? How many of you believe that your work for the Lord is complete? You see where I'm going? If you're not working, what are you waiting on? Because, you know, the way things are now, couldn't tomorrow be the day? Wow. Okay. How did the master evaluate the servants? This is... Follow me on this. Follow me on this. Uh, this is... All right. He, he evaluated them based on their effort toward fulfilling the responsibility he had given them now that's not in scripture but let me tell you how I got there it's kind of the process of elimination um, they didn't have the same abilities did they we know that alright they didn't have the same results we know that those those are both givens but two of the servants received the same award even though they didn't have the same abilities and they didn't achieve the same results so by process of elimination I think that we can see that the two faithful servants were rewarded based on both of them putting forth their best effort they tried hard they knew what their responsibility was and they put forth their best effort. And they were rewarded for it. Um, so, so when the master left for his trip, what was he expecting from his servants? He was expecting their best effort, wasn't he? Would he have left them with the responsibility that they had? if he wasn't expecting their best effort no he wouldn't have Um, before Jesus left the earth he made the believers at that time responsible for spreading the gospel and growing the church are we who have that responsibility today? Giving it our best effort? Okay. Did the master compare the results of each servant to the others? He didn't. Thankfully, no, he didn't. Um. There's, there's something that we need to be careful not to do. I think church people, I love that term, church people. I told you all that story, didn't I? If not, I won't take the time to do it now. But that's there's a funny story about church people, from a mission trip many years ago. But anyway, I think church people are uh, are sometimes guilty of avoiding responsibility by, by looking for somebody else that they can claim is more qualified to do their job Um, that's wow and maybe it's not just church people maybe that's all people (laughs) maybe that's human nature but um, you know we have been given specific responsibilities just like these three servants specific responsibilities by the master um so how many here tonight can and let's see a show of hands on this uh how many of you can claim that your personal ministry has generated the same results as Billy Graham hmm. Well You know the good news? The Lord will never compare you to Billy Graham. Never. But he does know how he equipped you. And he does know the responsibilities that he assigned to you. And he will judge us based on what we accomplished with what we were given to work with. Not in comparison to Billy Graham, not in comparison to anybody else. He will judge us based on what we did with what we had to work with. What was the master's reward to his faithful servants? Look at verse uh, 21 to 23 again. That's, uh, this is. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now... I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The the faithful servants weren't rewarded with stuff, were they? they were rewarded with fellowship with the master and more responsibility. Wow. Does that sound like a reward? It does, actually. Doesn't it? It does. Fellowship with the master and more Responsibility. I hope that's not a letdown to you. I hope you weren't hoping the reward was stuff. Um, if you were, you, you may be like I was, <laughs> not having come to terms with the fact that as, uh, as believers, we are the Lord's servants. We are his servants. Literally. The Lord's taken me on a 20-year a journey to understand who I am. 20 plus years. And what I've discovered on this journey is that I'm his servant. Which gives me a different perspective on everything. I now realize I've not been blessed with a lot of stuff. I've been assigned a lot of responsibility. Studying this parable has really opened my eyes to what it means. To be his servant. And I've tried to summarize this for you. I think in four points. And they've got it on the screen. Right there. Four points. First, I'm enabled by God. I'm entrusted by God. I'm given opportunities and responsibilities by God. And he expects my best effort using the experience and abilities he gave me. And one day, one day, I hope to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's pray. My Lord and my God, I praise your name, for you are faithful, you are forgiving, you are merciful, and you are loving, and you're all those things to me. Lord, you're all those things to every believer and I thank you that you have opened my eyes to understand who I am to understand that I'm your servant and Lord I pray that tonight we all have just a little bit better understanding of who we are as believers as followers of Jesus And Lord, I pray that because of that, we will leave this place with a different attitude. A different attitude about stuff. Realizing that every day, you give us opportunities to serve you. Realizing that before the beginning of time, you had a plan, purpose for our lives and it's good it's good Father I pray we seek it and I pray we agree with it and I pray that we bring you honor and glory you are worthy I thank you that we've had this time together tonight and I pray